and really that's what I began to share with you uh, starting the first Sunday in 2016 that uh, God would challenge us not to be comfortable where we are but that he would call us uh, to higher ground we started talking about the illustration in the scripture of God redeeming Israel out of Egypt and bringing them uh, to the edge of the promised land we looked last Sunday to see of how the first opportunity that God gave them to go up and to take the land they did not have the faith to take it and God uh, you remember took that generation through wandering in the wilderness and uh, provided for them yes with manna and water and quail direction pillar of cloud by day a pillar of fire by night led them but it was a wandering and it was not where God wanted them to be it was not the promised land And it reminds me that God wants more from us. There is something more that God wants to do in our lives. And I guess my heart is I don't want another year to pass. That we just exist and we go through the motions and we, we, we settle in on a level of spirituality that we attained maybe a number of years ago to say, well, this is really where I've settled in to be comfortable at. I really want us to to sense an unsettling, to say, God, what is it that you want to do in my life? It may be a new ministry. It may be a new area of your life. It may be something that, and we'll talk about this in the week that comes, there may be a stronghold in your life that really you've got to deal with before you can go on and take more territory that you can press on to higher ground. I guess I think back to the words of Paul in Philippians 3.13 when Paul said about pressing on, he said, forgetting those things which are behind. And that's what I want us to think about today. That for us to press on to higher ground. We have to be willing and ready to make a break with the old. There must, I I really believe, for us to have God do something new in our life, it will invariably include that there must be a break with the old. I can't tell you what that is in your life, but I just want you to know that just as those first two steps that we've talked about, that we must assess where we are in relationship to where God wants us to be, we must make a, an honest evaluation of where we are, and that as we talked about the steps, what He calls us to do in taking higher ground will always require faith. What I'm telling you today is that step of taking higher ground will, I think, invariably require that we make a distinct break with the old. Quite honestly, I believe the reason we don't go up and take higher ground is because we have, been, we have become comfortable in what we know. We are satisfied, but, but I want you to use that imagery of the, the children of Israel wandering in the wilderness. The wilderness was not what God had for them. He had a land that, as it said over and over, flowed with milk and honey. Yes, God provided the manna. 
and the water and the quail. And he gave direction in their life. And they had Moses there, this great man of God they could always look to. But it wasn't what God had for them. It was something they were to pass through. And I don't want us to ever get satisfied in our spiritual journey to just wander in the wilderness and have God take care of us. Having redeemed us from Egypt, waiting for us to take it, waiting for Him to take us home. No, there is something more. And so, in the story that we've told, we fast forward about 40 years from last Sunday. God gave them an opportunity to go in to take the promised land with Moses as their leader. They've wandered 40 years in the wilderness. That generation, everyone that's 20 years of age and older, has all died. Uh, I guess when we come to Joshua chapter 1, the previous verses, Moses has died. Uh, There's only two people that are left of that generation. It's Joshua and Caleb. The two spies that said, two out of the twelve, the first time they faced the promised land, let's go up and take it. God can do it. But the congregation of Israelites listened to the majority opinion of the ten and didn't go up and take it. But as we come to Joshua 1, I want you to turn in your Bible. We've got much scripture to cover today. Uh, let me let me walk through this. And I want you to see that in order for us to go on with God, to, to take more territory, to, to press on to higher ground, it will require a break with the old. In Joshua chapter 1, I want you to see some the change that God is bringing about. It was a different day. It says in Joshua chapter 1, you can, you can look in your Bibles. We're going to go, I've got verses in chapter 1, 3, 4, and 5. I'm not reading all those chapters. I bet we'll be out early today. It could happen. He parted the Red Sea. The preacher could get through early. Joshua 1 verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord... It came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. I don't know why that tickles me to read that statement. I know that's like, it's, it's sick Smith, Smith humor. It's just like, you know, the scriptures already said Moses died. The first thing that God looks to Joshua to say, Moses is dead. He's not coming back. He's gone. He's been this larger-than-life figure, this Christ figure redeemer that took him out of Israel, and God spoke to him. In fact, Deuteronomy, at the end, when Moses is God's calling him home, uh, all the comments are made, there was no one who'd ever lived that had a relationship with God, who met with God face-to-face, Like the great man Moses. Moses, my servant, is dead. He's not coming back. Now therefore, arise. Go over this Jordan, you and all this people, 
to the land which I am giving them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. The change, the old that had to pass away, was the leadership of Moses. There was a new sheriff in town. His name was Joshua. Uh, He was a man of faith. He was Moses' assistant. Let me tell you, this was going to be a huge change in the children of Israel's life because all they had known was the leadership of Moses. But Moses, did I mention that Moses is dead? But God speaks to Joshua. And the one instruction he says is arise and go over this Jordan. Uh, Steve, can we show the map? I know this is a little out of order now. The children of Israel originally came up from the south 40 years before this. And they were to go up into the promised land. Egypt is down left. But they have gone all the way, wandered in the wilderness, and they have come all the way up. In fact, you can see Jericho right above the Dead Sea. In fact, if you look geographically, uh, you see that uh, the promised land, the border of the eastern edge is all along here. You've got a river north of the Sea of Galilee, out of the Sea of Galilee, flows the Jordan River into the Dead Sea. It is a natural barrier. The children of Israel have come up on the eastern side of the Promised Land across the river from Jericho. That's geographically. Okay, so we can go back to the Scripture now. All God tells Joshua is cross the river. He doesn't even tell him at this point how he's going to do that. I need you to get on the other side with all the people. That's my only instruction for you. You know, Faith always requires that we simply take God step by step. And as I shared last week, most of the time in my life, God does not show me all the steps. He just says, here is the next step for you to take. The one thing that God shares with Joshua is, I want you to cross over the Jordan River. In fact, you and all this people. And the same promise, what he says is, the same thing I have promised Moses, I am promising you. He'll say it again later. Everything I did For Moses, I will do for you. So the reality is, is even though there is a lot of change, and it's a big change in leadership from Moses to Joshua, God is still the same. And the promise to give them a land is still the same. Moses is dead, but God is not. In chapter 3, verse 1. See, we skipped a whole chapter and a half there (sighs) then joshua rose early in the morning and they set out from acacia grove and came to the jordan he and all the children of israel and lodged there before they crossed over So they'd been staying a little distance away from the Jordan. They moved everybody to the banks of the Jordan, and they camped out there. So it was after three days that the officers went throughout the camp 
And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priest and the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. So I just want you to get this picture. We're going to go and we're going to camp beside the Jordan. And I want all y'all to watch. When the Ark of the Covenant leaves the sacred place and moves to the river, everybody is to follow. Now, you have to understand, not only was Moses the only leader they had known, and now they have Joshua, but the only way they had moved before this was how? How did they know where to go? There was a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. I mean, these people were simple people. I'm thinking I could operate like that. When you see it move, follow it. You know, I'm, if God could only make my life that simple, I would think. For 40 years, all this generation had known is when, when the cloud moved, follow it. That day is over. And what Joshua announced to the people is, no, now when you see the Ark of the Covenant that symbolizes the presence of God, go you follow it. Verse 4. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go. And notice this statement. For you have not passed this way before. It's a new day. And most of us settle in that which we have always known and we are comfortable with and we don't experience something new because we don't want to get out of that which we have always known. What God wants to do, the more that he wants to do, will always require a distinct break with the old. You've never passed this way before. Hmm. Chapter 3, verse 14. So they have a new leader. They have a new way uh, to follow directions. Verse 14, So it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan and the feet of the priest who bore the Ark dipped in the edge of the water, and then it says parenthetically, for the Jordan overflows all its banks during the whole time of the harvest. God had already told Joshua and Joshua had told the priests, this is what we're going to do. This is what God has told me to, we're going to do. I want you to take the Ark of the Covenant. And I don't know if there were four men, four priests that were carrying it. But what I want you to do is I want you to step into the water. Now, the reality, when the, I've been told that when the Jordan River overflows, it's about 100 yards wide. Now, I understand probably a strong swimmer could get across the Jordan, even at flood stages. But with all of their things that they have and the children they have, they could not get across the Jordan by normal means. There were no ferries. There wasn't a, a low ford. No. There's no... In fact... They had come to the place of the Jordan where the cloud had let, led them and now the cloud is gone. And God says, I need you to step into the water. I want, I want to remind you that last week what we said, faith will always require action. God says, I need you to step into the water. 
I don't want you to stand on the, the, the banks and go, okay, God, well, we're here. We're ready for this whole thing to part and dry out so we can cross over. Isn't that the way we are most of the time? God, just show me a big miracle and then I'm going to follow. No, I need you people to all get ready and I need y'all to step into the water, at least the priests that are carrying the ark. And God had said when they step into the water, the waters will dry up and will cease and you will cross over. There was no other way for them to get across. It says in verse 16 that the waters which came down from upstream stood still and rose in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zaratan. So the waters that went down into the Sea of Arabah, or the Dead Sea, the Salt Sea, what it says there, the Salt Sea, failed and were cut off. And the people crossed over opposite Jordan, um, Jericho. Then the priest who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. The priest stepped in the water. The water stopped. Everyone, I don't know if there's, there's maybe about two million of them, they all cross over with all their worldly possessions. They cross over the Jordan River and they get to the other side. What does this remind you of? It was just like the crossing of the Red Sea. And you know what occurs to me? Is that most of the people that were there that day, 40 years later, a lot of them were not even born when their fathers and their forefathers crossed the Red Sea. They had been told the story. Even those that were older, that had been under 20 years of age, 40 years prior, uh, they had seen that. But you know what occurs to me? Is that every generation has to have their own experience of the miraculous movement of God. I don't know why God chooses to do this. He could have had them come up from the south. Wait, they wouldn't have had to cross any rivers. But it's almost as if God says, I'm going to do this again for this generation so that you will know the mighty hand of God. It will be your own experience. It ain't going to be mom and daddy's experience. Your grandparents, no, this is going to be my time that I saw. I walked across on the dry ground and I saw what God had done. It's the same thing that occurs, but it is the experience of a new generation. Mm. Mm. You can only live on the past movement of God so long. We're going to talk about it more later, not today, another day. If you tell your testimony of what it is that God has done in your life and you have to go back 40 years, then it's been too long. Chapter 4, verse 1. And it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan that the Lord spoke to Joshua saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one man from every tribe. 
and command them, saying, Take for yourselves twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan and each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come saying what do these stones mean to you then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be a memorial to the children of Israel forever. After the, I think the sequence was that after all the children of Israel had gotten over, the twelve men went back into the river before the Ark of the Covenant came out, and the waters came back, and they took up twelve stones, and they're going to put them where they stay that night. It's a place called Gilgal. Uh, It is a memorial, the 12 stones. It is a memorial to what God had done that day so that in years to come when the generations passed and they came back to that place and the children naturally asked, What do these things mean that they would recount the stories of God? What I realize is that the past activity of God needs to be remembered, but the reality is is we cannot rest upon those things in the past if it keeps us from seizing the things that are in front of us. My contention this morning is we need to make a break with that which is old so that we can seize that which is new. It is all right to have those things in the past that we memorialize. But if we rest upon those things and it keeps us there and it keeps us from moving on to what else God has for us, then that's a problem. If it's a place we go back and we say, but see God. The same God who can part the Red Sea and stop the waters of the Jordan. He is the God that when He calls me to take new territory and the next challenge comes, then I believe that God is able to do that because He has done that in the past. Do you understand what I'm saying this morning? It is all right to go back in fact. And we will also talk about this in the weeks to come. It is what Henry Blackaby will call spiritual markers. There need to be some spiritual markers in our life of times that we know that God intervened and God worked in our way and it really set a new direction for our life. We need to have those spiritual markers in our life. But the spiritual markers are designed to lead us to what else God has for us. The children of Israel were not to stay at Gilgal. Hmm, chapter 14, 
I'm sorry, chapter 4, verse 14. On that day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel. Hmm. He needed to do that because the old guy had gone. And they feared him as they had feared Moses all the days of his life. So there was a change. But God shows that he is still God. Then the Lord spoke to Joshua saying, Command the priest who bear the ark of the testimony to come up from the Jordan. Joshua therefore commanded the priest saying, Come up from the Jordan. And it came to pass when the priest who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord had come up from the midst of the Jordan and the soles of the priest's feet touched the dry land that the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and overflowed all of its banks as before. Now, I don't, I don't know if you get this picture, but the children of Israel were not able to cross over, cross the Jordan, not the mass of people. They weren't able to do it. God parts the Jordan, they come over, and the waters come back. And in many respects, this is a, uh, a similar experience to the had at, they had at the Red Sea, except here's the difference. <laughs> at the Red Sea, if you remember, the Egyptians were chasing them. The enemy was behind them. We've got to get away from the enemy God parted the waters, they went over, the Egyptians follow, it kills all the Egyptians. This time it's just the opposite. They were not running from the enemy, they were running to the enemy. And I think part of the, the new that they had to, to seize and to come to grips with was the waters came back, and you know where they found themselves? In enemy territory. Oh, the battle's on. And the way of retreat has been eliminated. The only way to move is forward. This is the reason I would contend that we need to make a distinct break with the old or we'll never move to the new. Because once there's always an option to go back to the old, if God had left the waters and the ford of the river available... I think there would have been times to think, boys, I think I'm going back. I think there are decisions that we have to make in the midst of our spiritual journey that we just say, you know what, that's over with. It may be a relationship, it may be a habit, it may be something else in our life, an activity. We just say, you know what, that's it. We need to burn that bridge. That's the phrase, isn't it? The reality, that day God burned the bridge. There was no going back. You were going to have to fight the battle. And I think many times we've got to deal with the reality, no, this is what I'm choosing. I've got to burn the bridge of that past so that it propels me forward. And so it was with the children of Israel. Uh, verse 19, Now the people came up from the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, and they camped in Gilgal on the east border of Jericho, and those twelve stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up in Gilgal. We're going to come back to Gilgal. I want you to make a mental note of that for another day. Hmm. I think it's interesting that it was the tenth day of the first month. The children of Israel, if it's the first month, the first day of the first month 
would be considered on anybody's calendar New Year's Day. It was a new year. In fact, 40 years before this, they'd had a different calendar. And when God redeemed them out of Egypt, he said, you know what, we're going to restructure the calendar. And now this month is now the first month on your calendar. And so what we realize is they're about to observe Passover because it is a new year. And God structured the calendar so that they would always remember when the new year came around and they came to the 14th day of the, fourth, of the first month. That was the day. It doesn't matter if it's 40 years, if it's 400 years, if it's 4,000 years. It will always be a day that we remember. That is the day that God redeemed us out of Egypt and made us a people. And he led us on a path that went to the promised land. Do you realize there are things established in our calendar? There are things that are old, that are the past, that we need to celebrate. They needed to celebrate. In fact, they're about to. In fact, let's, let's, let's look at that. The final verse is in chapter 5, verse 10. Now the children of Israel camped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at twilight on the plains of Jericho. There are things that we need to establish that we say on a yearly basis, on a monthly basis, I don't know, maybe a weekly basis. In fact, worship. Do you know why we worship today on a Sunday? Because 2,000 years ago, our Savior was raised from the dead today. (laughs) Now, we may have forgotten that because we do it every seven days. But that's why we're here today. We don't celebrate yesterday on Saturday. That was the Jewish Sabbath. No, we are followers of Jesus. Yes, on, on Good Friday, yes, he died for our sin. But on Sunday, on the third day, he was raised from the dead. We're going to meet every week on that day. Because it is our hope. It is our strength. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And so we are to meet on a weekly basis. And it celebrates the resurrection and the power and the salvation of Jesus Christ. There are things in our calendar, in our lives that we set as dates. And they're always good. There's nothing wrong with celebrating the past as long as it always propels us forward. We can't rest on the past. It must be a catalyst to what God wants to do moving forward. And so the children of Israel, they cross the Jordan, they keep the Passover. Verse 11, and they ate of the produce of the land on the day after the Passover. Unleavened bread and parched grain on the very same day, notice this. You ought to underline this one in your Bible. Speaking of change, verse 12, then the manna ceased on the day after they had eaten the produce of the land. Dunskies. No more. Do you realize this generation for 40 years had to depend upon the provision of God to give them bread six days a week on the sixth day that was enough for the sixth day and the seventh day? But once they got into the promised land, the land that flows with milk and honey, and they celebrated the Passover with the unleavened bread the next morning, mm-mm. oh, let me tell you, people, it was a new day. It was sort of like God saying, you're going to have to feed yourself now. I've provided you the resources. Now you're going to have to go 
and take care of it. No, it was a new day. It was a break with that which was old. And the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate of the food of the land of Canaan that year and every year after that. What is it that God is asking of you? What is the opportunity that as you have prayed and asked God, why have you given me 2016? What is the new territory? What is the higher ground that you want me to take? What is it that God has asked of you? You have to make an honest assessment of where you are in relationship to where he wants you to be. That step will always require faith. What occurs to me as I read the story of the cross in the Jordan, there needs to be a distinct break with the old. Or we will never seize the new. And so they crossed over the Jordan and the waters came back and the game was on. You realize at this point in the story, this is all God had told Joshua to do. Get the boys with the ark to step in the water. The water's going to stop. You're going to cross over. You're going to be on the other side. The water's going to come back. Okay, and we've set up the 12 stones. We're in enemy territory. What are we going to do now? And you know, I think many times we get in that situation and if there was a way of retreat, if there was a way to go back to the old, we would. And the reason I believe we have to make a break with the old is because we have to burn that bridge of retreat and say, no, I'm going to move forward. As God is my witness and my strength, I will make a decision in my life according to God's leading. And I'm going to move forward because I believe he has more land for me to conquer. It will always require a break with the old for us to seize that which is new. This morning I'm going to ask you to stand. As I lead us in prayer this morning, Byron and I will be at the front. And just as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, as I've asked you in the previous weeks, I want you to prayerfully consider what it is that God wants to do in your life. And I guess my challenge to you today, because some of you are facing a situation and you know, but you know what, if I move forward with God, it's going gonna, it's gonna to eliminate something in my past, something I've been used to, something I've depended upon. And I'm saying it's okay. Because even though the leader may change, God is still God. The promise is still the same. And the God that can get you across Jordan is the God who's going to show you how to con conquer your territory. You just have to trust Him. We know that the life of faith only leads us to wander in the wilderness. But it's not what God has for us. So I would ask you to do some soul searching today 
as you face those things in your life that you're going to have to eliminate to move on. So, Father, I pray that you would continue to speak to us. You would give us courage, Father, to take the steps that we need to take to follow you. And I trust this to you in Jesus' name. Thank you.